Blessings, everyone, and welcome to As It Is Written. I'm excited to launch this program today, and it's my desire that you're both enlightened and encouraged by the Word. Let us pray. Father, we just want to give you thanks and praise for allowing us to see yet another wonderful day, a day that you have made, so we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father, despite all your authority, all your majesty, all your sovereignty, you still give me the opportunity to call you Father. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Now use me, your willing vessel, O God, to deliver this, your word, to these, your people, in such a manner that it be clear, concise, and, and compelling, so much so that they be not only hearers of your word, but doers of your word likewise, and spreaders of your word, applying it to their very own lives as well. Lord, you be maximized, let me be minimized, and at the end of it all, I'll be most careful to give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise that it's so rightfully due. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you, viewing audience, for watching as it is written. Thank you, all of our podcast crew, for listening in and tuning in to As It Is is written. It is our pleasure to serve you today. Turn in your Bibles or locate in your, on your electronic devices, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 through 11. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 through 11. I'll be reading the New Living Translation, which may be slightly different from your translation. But after we've finished breaking it down, the word is still the word. Verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Verse 4, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. 
then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Verse 12 says, we can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom, that is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially toward you. I'm, I'd like to talk to you today on this topic. He is still the same. We're going to talk about he is still the same. God is still the same. Yes, he is. And again, our text is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 3 through 11. Well, verses 1 and 2 of this text lets us know that Paul writes this letter to the church in Corinth and to all God's people throughout Greece. Despite the poor reputation of the church of Corinth, Paul wants them to be blessed with God's grace and with his peace. That in itself is a lesson for us in the body of Christ. When we see our brothers and sisters in the Lord facing trials and facing tribulations and facing troubles, don't talk about them. Don't wonder what they did or what wrong they did to deserve it. Don't alienate yourselves from them. Don't put your foot on them and stamp them into the ground. Rather be like Paul and ask for God's grace and peace to be with them and upon them. Paul then goes on to say in verse 3, all praise be to God. Not some praise, but all praise. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth, in other words. But many of us have become conditioned to or accustomed to only praising God for the tangible things he has given unto us or that he gives us. We thank him for houses and properties, for money and financial assets, for clothes and cars, for the ring and for the bling. But we forget to praise him for the intangible things he gives us. Things like health and strength, like love and like joy, like hope and like peace, life and salvation. And Paul reminds us that we are to give him all praise. On this Christian journey, I'm telling you, it's as if we're driving on a road trip in our vehicles, thanking him for what he's already done. Every now and again, we ought to look in our rearview mirrors of life and see how far he's brought us from. Look back and see what he's brought us through. God has brought us through some storms. I didn't say go back. I said look back. And each time we can look back and see the storm in the rear view, but clear skies ahead. Come on, let's thank God for clear skies ahead. It might be storming now. It might be stormy now, but jo just keep praising him and ride out the storm. Don't forget to thank him for what he's already done. But then don't forget to thank him for what he's promised to do. There are thousands of promises in the Bible, over 7,000 of which God has made to mankind, to us. And we have the audacity not to praise him for what he's going to do in our lives. Go ahead and praise him in advance for the promise of clear skies. 
We need to practice looking behind through the rearview mirror to thank him for what we've come through. And then practice looking ahead through the windshield glass to thank him for what's coming. I'm telling you today, better days are coming. For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans of hope and of bright future. Your latter shall be greater than your past. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Look through the windshield and see what God has promised in our future and praise him in advance for it. But every now and again, we ought to look into the side view mirrors and thank God for keeping and protecting and sustaining us despite what's happening all around us. We have to make it a practice to just look around and thank God for what he is doing in our lives right now. Sickness all around us. I'm talking about all the, the, the monkey pox and COVID-19 and sin all around us, suffering all around us, snares all around us, but we're still here. God is still keeping us in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our situation in the midst of our sickness, in the midst of our troubles, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our tests, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our persecution, in the midst of our problems, he is still merciful and he is still God. But while it is good to thank God for what he has done, for what he will do, and for what he is doing, we should thank God most of all just for who he is. Amen. The word of God tells us who he is. Verse 3 in this text tells us he is God. He is father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our merciful father. And he is the source of all comfort. He is God, Theos, the triune God, divine in nature. He isn't just our heavenly father, but he is father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our merciful father. He is all powerful, yet he's all merciful. He is the father of mercies. His mercy endures forever. His compassion fails not. Great is his mercy toward us. He is God, the source of all comfort. And Paul says to give him all praise. I put it to you, my brothers and sisters, that we should give God all praise because although seasons come and seasons go, situations come and situations go, storms come and storms go, troubles come and troubles go, sufferings even come and sufferings go. But our God, he never changes. He remains the same. He's the same God. He's still the same God. Yes, he is. He's still the same God. I've had people come to me and tell me, oh, he's not the same. He, his, he, you said God changes mind. God changes not. But God changes not. He might change his mind, but his character remains the same. He's still the same God. And thank God he changes his mind toward us and doesn't give us judgment and gives us mercy. He's still the same God because he comforts. Number one, he's still the same because he still comforts. Verse three says that God is the source of all comfort. 
The King James Version says that he is the God of all comfort. Many of us might associate this text only with funeral service or funeral services when a loved one is lost and, and those left behind need comfort. And that's fine. But this comfort is more than that. In this, com in this text, in the Greek, it's parakletes. It's solace or consolation or encouragement received by a person after a loss or disappointment. It's imploration and urgent summons of the Lord that we draw near to him. How many times have we suffered loss of any kind or have been disappointed in any kind of way along this Christian journey? And God has stepped right in and consoled us, encouraged us, called us near and comforted us. And in the verses that follow, we'll find out when, why, and even how God comforts us. Verse 4 says, he comforts us in all our troubles. The King James Version says, in all our tribulations. When does he comfort us? In all our troubles. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing right now. It doesn't matter what you're about to face. The God of all comfort will comfort you in all your troubles. We know when he comforts us. But when, then why does he comfort us? It's right there in verse 4 as well. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Verse 4 says, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us or has granted unto us. Ever wonder why you had to experience loss? Ever wonder why you had to experience sickness? Ever wonder why you had to experience hurt or pain or grief or disappointment or discouragement or difficulty and trouble and chaos? The word says that we go through what we go through for others to get through what they are going through. It might be our time now, but it's going to be someone else's time later. And when, not if, when they need comfort, the God of all comfort will use us as living proof to encourage others that, hey, he went through that because of God, that they too can overcome. So we know when and we know why God comforts, but here's how he comforts. Verses 5 through 7. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. Verse 7, we are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Here it is. The text is teaching us that the more we suffer for Christ, the more comfort or encouragement we receive through Christ. Even when our troubles have us bogged down, the way God comforts others is by first comforting, comforting us in our dilemma. So we can testify of his goodness and teach others by example how to patiently endure the same thing we went through when it's their turn. Paul says he's confident 
that as you share in the same sufferings they did for Christ, you will experience the same support God gave them. He did it for Paul. He did it for those in the Bible days. He'll do it for us. He's still the same. God still comforts. But you know why he's all, also still the same? He still not only comforts, but he still delivers. Verse 8, Paul testifies of all the trouble they went through while in Asia. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In verse 9, he even says, in fact, we expected to die. Anybody ever been in so much trouble before? Anybody ever been so crushed and overwhelmed before that you think you would, you would not live through it? Anybody ever been so discouraged and deflated before? Anybody ever been in such a predicament before that you even expected to die? Someone right now might be feeling that same way. Someone on the line or listening to the podcast or watching us on YouTube or Facebook might want to give up, might want to give in, might want to throw in the towel, might want to raise the white flag. Someone might be feeling like there's no hope. Someone might be feeling like there's no way out. Someone might be feeling like the best thing to do is to give up on life. The word of God says that whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven as it is written. The problem is we sit around waiting for heaven to bind and for heaven to loose so we can then bind and loose here in the earth. But heaven according to God's word as it is written is waiting for us to bind some stuff and to loose some stuff first. So we bind the spirit of suicide right now. Those wanting to give up on life. We bind that spirit of depression. We bind that spirit spirit of discouragement. We bind that spirit of fear. We bind that overwhelming and crushing spirit right now. We bind them in the earth realm right now that they shall be bound in the heavenly realm. And we lose life. We lose joy. We lose peace. We lose endurance. We lose praise. We lose encouragement. We lose upliftment. And we lose empowerment and high esteem and hope and faith and trust and sanity and fervor and perseverance and most of all we lose love right now in the earth realm and all these things shall be loosed in the heavenly realm in Jesus's name. Paul's testimony in our text tonight was that he felt like he was not going to make it. Verse 9 he says in fact we expected to die but as a result we stopped relying on ourselves and learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. Anybody need God to raise some dead situations in your life on this beautiful Friday? I've come to tell you tonight, today, whatever it is that is dead in your life today, whatever dead situation you're facing, whatever's dead in your relationship this morning with God or with others, whatever's dead in your life and needs resurrection right now, stop trusting in yourself and start trusting only in God who raises the dead and watch God resurrect that dead situation. Watch God resurrect 
relationships. Watch God resurrect faith. Watch God resurrect finances. Watch God resurrect health and wellness. Whatever it is, rely on God alone. Trust him alone and watch him resurrect it. Hear Paul's testimony. Verse 10, he says, And he did rescue us from mortal danger. That's danger that would have taken us out. And he will rescue us again. He did it before, he'll do it again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. To rescue here in the text, it means to deliver. Paul knows that God is still the same and so should we. He says that God did rescue he says that God will rescue again. And he says that God will continue rescuing. Let, it, let me put it this way. God did deliver. God will deliver again. And God will continue delivering or continue to deliver. He still delivers. So ask me how I know he's still the same. He still comforts. And he still delivers. But thirdly, he still answers prayers. Verse 11. Let's look at verse 11. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. What Paul does here is he encourages the saints in Corinth and throughout Asia that prayer still works. He encourages them by letting them know that their prayers are not in vain, that their prayers are indeed helping, and that their prayers will cause many people to give thanks because they have seen God answer their prayers. And that's a word for us on this morning. Many will see our prayers manifest and will praise our God who still answers our prayers. That's a lesson for us all. You have no idea how far your prayers reach. Pray without ceasing. Keep on praying. Keep on praying for the leadership in your, your country, in, in your city, in your church, in your ministry. As the saints in Corinth prayed for Paul. Keep praying for your pastor. Keep praying for one another. Because God, the Father of mercies, the source of all comfort, still hears and answers prayers. Ask me how I know he's still the same. He still comforts. Ask me how I know he's still the same. He still delivers. And ask me how I know he's still the same. He still answers prayers. We serve a God who still comforts. We serve a God who still delivers. And we serve a God who still answers prayers. He is still the same God. He's still faithful. He's still merciful. He's still trustworthy. He's still loving. He's still just. He's still our defense. He's, he's still our salvation. He's still way maker. He's still miracle worker. He's still our promise keeper. He's still soul keeper. He's still rock in a weary land. He's still our healer. He's still our provider. He's still our shepherd. He's still our banner. He's still our peace. 
He is still our righteousness. He is still El, our mighty God. He is still Elohim, our creator God. He is still El Shaddai, our all-sufficient God. He is still Adonai, our master and Lord. That's with a capital L. He is still Yahweh, the self-existent one. He is still omnipotent, all-powerful God. He is still omnipresent, all-present God. He is still omniscient, all knowing God. He is still God and he is still the same. Yes, he is. And he is still the same forgiving God. And that's why priority number one is to lead someone to Christ or someone back to Christ. So if you're watching or listening to our podcast right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. The latter half of Romans 6.23 brings the hope sinners have for salvation through Jesus. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 say, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. If that's you, pray this prayer with me. God, I know that I am a sinner and that the wages of sin are death. But I also believe that your special gift is eternal life. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as a payment for my punishment. I declare that Jesus is Lord of my life, and I profess my faith for salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your peace and gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer with sincerity, and you truly believe those things in your heart. Welcome to the body of Christ. Heaven is rejoicing and so am I. I said heaven is rejoicing and so am I. I'm not crazy. I'm rejoicing. Get connected to a local assembly that can nurture your growth. I'm W.C. Seymour. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Shalom.